Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk joining you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of you guys, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip through the drive-thru over at, uh, Churn- at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It'd be kind of weird if... If Brupolo was in Summit, you know, although beautiful, beautiful area down there. Love Southwest Mississippi. Sure. There you go. <laughs> He's not the best color man in the business for nothing, folks. If you're not, wherever you live in this state, whatever corner you live in, from Summit to Iuka, from uh, South Haven to what's, what's over there? Pascagoula, Gulfport? I don't know. Uh, yeah, wherever South you Haven are. Haven and Gulfport are. You know? Oh, well, I guess you're saying two different sides of you said yeah. you said what's over there. So I was thinking you're saying what's over there with South Haven. And you said Gulfport, which is no, the no, completely no, quite, opposite. Quite a end. Difference. Yeah, quite a difference. Yeah. Wherever you are in our great state or our great country, Strange Brew Coffee House coming your right to your door. Just order it online at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and they'll send it to you. Whatever kind of coffee machines on your counter, they've got a coffee for you at Strange Brew Coffee House. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to get maroon and white merchandise. You just can't get anywhere else because nobody else has the biggest and best selection of it in central Mississippi. Whatever you're looking for for yourself, your house, your car, your tailgate, they've got you taken care of. Obviously, great gift ideas for the Bulldog fan in your life. You know, we're only like a month from Mother's Day, guys. It's time to, it's time to start planning. And Father's Day is two months after that. So please start planning for that. All right? I think they have all the, the hits, maroon soap on a rope. Maroon Old Spice, Maroon uh, Maroon Skin Bracer three sets, all of these things that you, you get as a dad, right? No, I've you, never you gotten soap on a rope. Never heard of soap on a rope. I, I have heard of it. That's what they use in the prisons. Well, it's a great Father's Day gift. So apparently, people people want dads to go to jail. Well, oh. regardless of that, two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco is Starkville's best Mexican restaurant. <clears throat> it is Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. It is your favorite Southern classics turned into Mexican favorites. It's tacos like you can't get anywhere else. They've got a great patio, a great setup out there. They've got live music from time to time, great drink specials running. It's just a fantastic place to go. Go enjoy yourself. Eat some food you can't get anywhere else, not just in Starkville, but anywhere. That's at Humble Taco. Where are you heading for lunch today? Well, I would tell you to go to Firehouse Subs and grab a sandwich. I'd tell you to grab a meatball sub, but that's just me. Wherever you are, Firehouse Subs in this state, always a great suggestion for lunch, and they make it so easy with the Firehouse Subs app. Place your order. You pick up the sandwich within minutes, and you're piling up reward points, so you're eating free pretty quickly. Locations are in Startville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, 
Flow in Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. Hey, Robbie. Hey. How are you? I'm good. I can't complain. My wife just got back into town, so I'm just texting her like, okay, glad you're still alive. Uh, Is that the first time you talked to her this week? No, I've talked to her every day. Okay. Yeah. She was uh, she was in hot Atlanta for business. Nice. I bet that was fun. Uh, yeah, she said she, she had a good time. Uh, but you know, also there was some more. She got away from you for a few days. That's why she had a good time. I see what you said. I see what you're doing here. Well, what would not have been a good time, Robbie, was doing this show if Hunter Hines hadn't stepped to the plate in the bottom of the ninth inning and decided to go opposite field to, to, in essence, in my opinion, save Mississippi State's faint postseason hopes. That loss would have been that, I think. That would have been the end. And if you listen to yesterday on Sports Talk Mississippi, Kendall Rogers from D1 Baseball, uh, he was talking, you know, he's talking about RPI and bracketology of college baseball. Mark Etheridge is the guy for D1 that handles all that. In his research, he, he had discovered MSU currently, and I, you know, I guess I got to get as current as possible. What I saw on Monday was that they, I think they were 91. So what are they right this second? Let's find out. Um, but regardless of wherever it was, and I guess, you know, we go back to, uh, they're at 79. Ooh, a 12-point swing for winning that game. That's crazy for beating UAB. For beating UAB? That's huge. I don't um, understand RPI. I don't either. But State was 91 on Monday when we had the – or Tuesday when we had this conversation with Kendall. Only one team – and he didn't tell me what team it was. I'd love to know. Only one team has ever been that low in the RPI at this point in the season and gotten an at-large berth. He had done his projections out. He has State losing five of the next, the final six series of the year. He has State finishing 12-18, and 18, which would put them in danger of not only missing the NCAA tournament, but also the SEC tournament. State currently is tied in a four-way tie for uh, second to last. Missouri is all alone in last place. They are 3-9 and nine on the season. And then Mississippi State is at 4-8, and eight, along with Ole Miss, uh, South Carolina, and Kentucky. Ole Miss and South Carolina play this week, and then obviously Mississippi State plays Ole Miss next week. So Ole Miss is either going to be entrenched in the bottom or have worked their way out in the next couple of weeks. State obviously has Auburn this week, who's sitting at uh, seven and five, so they're very comfortable right this second. There is no margin for error for Mississippi State, and in reality, it's not even going to be good enough to just win the ones you're supposed to win. State has got to find wins that we aren't expecting them to win if they have any hope of being an NCAA tournament team. The odds are, are stacked against the Bulldogs at this point. You said before we came on the air, you now say that you think State has to sweep this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm at the point now where, like, you have to grab every single game that you can possibly grab, and I, I don't even think a, a series win makes up a ton of ground for you. Sweeping that series – gets you one game back from from LSU. So it goes back to what I predicted last week for State to lose that series. Now you're back to where you were before that LSU series, in my opinion. But you're asking a lot to sweep Auburn. This is the Auburn team that Mississippi State played last year and that Mississippi State played in like 2016 when they swept them then. This Auburn team is good enough to beat just about anybody in the country 
mm-hmm. in a series. They're coming um, off beating Vanderbilt two out of three, and they the two games they won, they had they put a lot of runs on the board. This team can hit. They can hit. They can pitch it better than last season. They were awful on the mound last year. They're still not great, but they're good enough that they can get they can get you through some innings. But the hitting is where they've really kind of taken off. And Sonny Deshara has kind of been the big acquisition for them. And I call it acquisition because it's basically turning into free agency. He left Sanford to get a better opportunity. And Auburn was was the spot that he would end up. And he's been huge for them. And that is going to be a tough guy to get out for Mississippi State. But I don't think this lineup is more dangerous top to bottom than the LSU lineup. Um, I think they're, they are a tough lineup for Mississippi State to get through, but I, I think Mississippi State can be competitive on the mound this weekend. They, were, they showed it last weekend against a really good lineup. That's the key. Mississippi State's got to have three really good starts. I've said this for three straight weekends. They have to come out and have great starts. And for back-to-back weekends, they had two bad starts. Kate Smith did not have a good start last week. And Parker Stinnett did not have a good start last week against Arkansas, Stinnett, and Preston Johnson. They've got to put together two great starts, at least two. And for me, Friday night has to be a win for Mississippi State. They have to find a way on Friday night to take that first game. And then Saturday and Sunday, I mean, I I think they need to sweep, but you have to win the series. Um, But I think sweeping it would get you back to where you were before the LSU series and back in good standing when you go into a really important series next weekend. Yeah, I think State – I agree. State needs to find a sweep in these next two series. So State or or Auburn or Ole Miss. But five and one is really what – I mean, if at five and one over the next two series, that would put you at nine and nine. Back to 500 in the league. You're going to be okay at that point. But – it, that's, that's it, it's you know it's one of those situations where it's like I don't know how they're going to do it, but they have to do it. I don't know how they're going to do it. I couldn't I couldn't begin to tell you. But I think honestly, Robbie, the best opportunity is to get the series this week and just get it. And then it sounds weird, but to go on the road, Ole Miss is not very good. You you could sweep Ole Miss if the cards fell your way if you, you get the the right amount of breaks. And the thing about Ole Miss is you have that in their head, in their noggin right now, yeah, we have lost to Mississippi State. It's like what LSU's done to, to Mississippi State. It's exactly State. the same. Yeah, We have lost to Mississippi State every series since 2016, mm-hmm. and State swept them at Ole Miss two years in a row. Yeah. Two, two different seasons. But and Ole Miss has not won a home game in conference play. They have been swept both home weekends. That's unbelievable to me. They're 0-6 the at home so far. The Tennessee series, not so much, but I thought right. they could have got one of those. But Alabama the Bama series. There. I mean, I thought they could sweep Bama. Yeah. They just did not play well. Auburn's an interesting team. You mentioned how good they are at hitting. 297 as a team. That's fourth in the conference. They just hit the ball. They don't have a lot of home runs. They're 10th in the conference in, in home runs. For, for comparison, State's uh, third at 59. Auburn only has 35 home runs as a team. But everybody up and down that lineup, is hitting. And you mentioned uh, Sonny DeShera. That guy is just a beast. He's hitting 438 on the season. What a transfer he is. Um, just just absolutely. And I mean, they have three of two of the top five hitters in the league between him and Blake Rambush, who's hitting 374. But like I said, and not a ton of home runs. DeShera has home runs, so he has 11 on the season. So he has almost a third of their home runs by himself. What a player this guy is. Uh, he will, I mean, 
that's like almost Barry Bonds. I'm just walking him. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let that guy beat you. Uh, kind of situation for Mississippi State. And he, he hit one last year against State in the uh, regionals. Yeah. The in the oh yeah that's right I was like yeah I me mean, going through my head like what do you mean but uh, I forgot he transferred from from uh, Samford. Yeah, um, because because about five minutes ago when I was talking about this guy, you were just I guess staring into the abyss. No, and not I, listening to anything. That I, I was listened like, to everything you said. It just for a second, I was just like, State didn't play Auburn in a regional last year, and it just I had to I had to click in my head. I am an old man. All right, you don't listen to me. You don't listen to me. I listen to everything you said. No, you don't. You just said no, you don't. Well, thank you. Now, now you've honed in. Now you've made it a point to listen. Yes. Yes. Let's go back to uh to to Tuesday night there. Couple of things to talk about there. First off, Jackson Fristo again, again. He if somebody gets on base, he has to come out of the game. He can pitch fine when when nobody gets on base. As soon and it doesn't matter how they got on base, that he has to leave the game at that point. He simply can't pitch with runners on base. Chris Lamonis told us on Monday when we talked to him on Sports Talk Mississippi said. Fans aren't going to want to hear this, but I'm going to keep going to Jackson Fristo. But it can't be in these high leverage situations anymore, can it, Robbie? I mean, it's it's hard to count on him, man. I mean, it just is. He's they've tried it with with Parker, and they tried it with Fristo, and they're just trying to find something that gets those guys going, and they just cannot sustain it. I think Casey Hunt is there. I think Casey Hunt has gotten yes has gotten his. But these guys just cannot get it going. I mean, Stinnett was not good when he came in uh, on Tuesday. So I, I don't know, man. But you really don't have a choice. You really don't have a choice. But but I don't. But late in the game, I agree with you. Probably it's not going to work. Middle relief at some point, maybe a setup guy coming in with a lead or something. But he showed so much promise against Memphis and. Against uh, and I know it's Memphis, but Memphis and Arkansas, he looked so good, and I thought that he had really gotten it together. And I just, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know what else can happen at this point to to make it click, but it's just not going to happen. I don't guess with Stanette or Fristo. Yes, Stanette and another one, like you just said. I, 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 I guess I'm, I'm, you know. I applaud the staff for having some loyalty and, and giving these guys opportunities, but it feels like at this point it, it's time to sort of cut bait. Fristo can be a guy who, you know, you can keep him in there. You know, let him pitch in the second inning, the third inning of these midweek games where, where you know, the, the stakes aren't going to be as high. But him in the ninth inning is just a recipe for disaster every time. I, I'll give him the ball with a, with a lead. Yeah. A couple run lead or yeah. something, you know yeah. what I mean? But but at the same time, the, the it's got and he can't know this. You can't just tell him, hey, look, if anybody gets on. But at the same time, it's got to be Lamona telling Foxhell, hey, if anybody gets on, he's got to come out. So you know, let's get the next guy up and ready. Casey Hunt, who you, you hit on there as well, you're correct. I think that's the guy to go to at this point for that closer role. Um, I think you feel good about you know Brandon Smith and and, and listening to Lamona's comments about the uh, potential weekend rotation, and you you hit on it, I think, on Twitter. That, that it sounded like Kate Smith might be making the move up this week. He didn't throw a ton of pitches last weekend 
uh, in his start against LSU. So maybe possibly he could be getting the – it's the Friday start this week because it's a 30, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So Johnson, Smith, and then I, I would have to expect Brandon Smith there on, on that Saturday slash Sunday role. Yeah, no doubt. I think that's the way to go at this point. And who knows? I mean, he might blow up out there. I don't know. But you got to try it because he's going to throw strikes. And you have to have a guy that's going to throw strikes, especially on Sunday when you know there's going to be a lot of runs scored. You can't be gift-wrapping um, bases. And his work against LSU last week was pretty much a start. He, he pitched six innings, over mm-hmm. six innings, I think. Yeah. Uh, came out of the bullpen in the first inning and gave up virtually nothing. He gave up a solo home run, and that's it. And I'll, you, you'll take that solo home run all day. It lost they, they lost the game based on that home run just from a scoring standpoint, but nobody in the country is going to blame Brandon Smith for that loss. Right. Uh, you will take a solo home run if, if that's what's going to happen. You don't want to walk two batters and give up a three-run home run. Um, and that's Brandon Smith is going to put the ball uh, in play. And you know for a fact that, you know, if he walks a guy, it's going to be maybe one or two a game. That's it. Um, not going to hit many guys. He's going to make you beat him. And what he did against LSU, he had some sink on the fastball. He was staying low in the zone. And they were never able to elevate uh, anything that he threw up there. And they just kept rolling over to second base, rolling over to shortstop. And Mississippi State had a chance because of that. So you have a guy like that on Sundays, I'll take that all day long. He might end up getting pounded for 12 hits and eight runs or whatever, but I'd rather see a guy go out there and do that than walk the bases loaded. I agree. I agree. The word is compete, right? And that the word Lamonis likes to use. Brandon Smith, we know he competes. And you're, and you're right. And I say it all the time. I've said it before. If you give up a home run, it means you threw a strike. You know, so at least you're out there, like you said, competing and, and, and fighting and throwing strikes. And if you throw strikes and allow your defense to make plays behind you, that's a lot better choice than trying to work the corners and paint the corners and you give up walks. Walks, walks have been killing this team all year. Last I checked, I, they were second to last going into the weekend uh, for, for, uh, in the SEC. I think they're up to, to, to dead last now in terms of they've given up the most walks. Uh, in conference play. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think that's definitely the way to go is that rotation of, of Johnson, Smith, Smith, which sounds like the most white bread law firm of all time. Contact Johnson, Smith, and Smith if you've received compensation from a mesothelioma lawsuit. They will take care of you. Have you been exposed to asbestos? Yes, exactly. Johnson, Smith, and Smith will take care of you. <laughs> We will sue that hotel company for $5 million. Yes, and we will take. And even though you're going to die, even though you're going to die in uh, two weeks, yeah, you'll be a rich man. 4.75 of it's going to the law firm, though. All right. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on into the second half of the show. It's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. Whatever you're looking for this weekend, we're going to be cooking out. Weather should be nice. Man, put a steak on the grill. Put some burgers out there. Nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. Whatever you're looking for, whatever recipe, beef is always going to be the best and most popular protein to add to it. If you're looking for recipes, go to msbeef.org. They've got a ton of them there on the website, along with a lot of great information about the beef industry here in our great state. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. 
Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That is the place for smoked southern soul food. Smoked wings, pork rind nachos, the pulled pork grilled cheese, the big porker burger, which is one of the best burgers in town. One of the most underrated burgers in our fair city. When you're looking, whatever you're looking for, they've got something on the menu for you there at Two Brothers. And of course, if you just want to come hang out and have a good time, Two Brothers is definitely the place for that. Right there in the middle of the Cotton District. Great spot that people watch, sit out there on the patio, enjoy this spring weather. Two Brothers in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place for smoked Southern soul food. Great products and great services is what every business promises you, but only Advantage Businesses delivers it in a way that is unique. And what I mean by that is this. If you are a business owner and you have technology, if you have copiers and printers or computers, you know as well as I do that when you try to call those big companies and get them to fix stuff, man, it's like pulling teeth with those people. You're talking to somebody who's God knows where, who's going to take God knows how long to get to you. You need somebody who can help you that same day in many cases. You need somebody who is in the state of Mississippi who's, who's talking to you in a way that you can understand. Call them today at Advantage Business Systems and find out what the difference is when you deal with a local neighborly business. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Got a positional breakdown here. We, I, I got to give myself credit. And it was completely by accident, though, at the same time. I do try to do these positional breakdowns so that they end when spring practice ends. I did it. Like, next week we'll do special teams and spring practice is over. What a stroke of luck. I, I, when I started, when we started doing these, Robbie, I wasn't aware that I had, I had set it up correctly. So I'm gonna you, should have, you shouldn't have told anybody that. You should have just made it appear that you planned that I knew what out. I was doing. You know, yes. people who have listened to this podcast for a long time, especially going back to the B&B show, know that, like, I try to set up where uh, I'm starting opponent previews and stuff 12 weeks ahead of the season and things like that, and I always miss it. I always screw it up. It's like tradition. So on this one, I'm giving myself the old, here, here it comes, the Barry Horowitz-style pat on the back. Appreciate didn't it. You get, didn't you get a Barry Horowitz uh, um, cameo or something one time? I did not. A friend of mine sent another friend. Ryan Nelson sent Brian McDuff a Barry Horowitz oh, okay. cameo, and it is hilarious. He, he uses some phrases of profanity that I had never heard, and that's, <laughs> that's saying something for me because I thought I'd said it all. All right, we're talking safeties today. This is if, if you said what is the position Mississippi State fans are probably the most concerned with, I think tackle one, and then here you are, right? It's the safety position for, for Mississippi State. After watching the, uh, the scrimmage on Saturday, I feel a little bit better about this position. I think you've got some guys there who can be playmakers for you and, and guys who you can feel some confidence in. I do too, and I, I think that Zach Arnett leading them mm-hmm. is going to make them look a lot different too. And I also think that this is a spot where State will likely dip back into the portal uh, this summer that they will go out and try to find a best available safety to do that. And you mentioned Arnett. We made, we, we've made a lot of jokes about Jason Washington going to running backs and blah, blah, blah. But Arnett getting this group at its time where, you know, it needs to be good and you're, and you're a little concerned about the depth and the talent there, it, it makes a lot of sense. And, and you do, like you said, it gives you a little extra uh, bonus of comfort, I guess. Jalen Green, Colin Duncan, Sean Preston all back. Jackie Matthews comes in as a grad transfer. Corey Ellington, a, a, he's listed as a sophomore. 
Uh, I guess he. I guess he blew. I guess they 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 didn't redshirt him last year. Yeah, he played um, too many games. Yeah, and then you have Dylan Lawrence coming off of a uh, of an injury, who's an interesting player just because he's so big. I, I think he's probably the fifth guy in this rotation, or maybe the sixth guy in this rotation. But he, he you know, he's there. Ellington is the guy that. I, I I saw enough Saturday, and I've read enough from what Paul. You know, I, I trust Paul Jones's valuations from practice. That he's been doing this for so long. That I think that state this might be the next guy that State found that nobody else really wanted, and he turns into a star player. He's the next diamond in the rough. He's the next guy that the people who want to talk about how stars don't matter, they'll point to him. I really liked what I saw from him. I think he's going to be a big time contributor, and I won't be totally surprised if. They don't shuffle the starting lineup in some guys' positions to get him in there pretty early. Yeah, you know, last year he was starting in that bowl game. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that was they had so many guys out, of course, but he was already getting a lot of reps on special teams and things like that, even, you know, later in ball games playing defense. He played in eight games last year. And um, so for a true freshman to come in, and there's like not even really a thought to redshirt him. Mm-hmm. He was showing something. He was showing something of promise and practice for them to throw him out there. And then the bowl game, he's getting a start out there. And, and um, I think he played okay in that ball game. But he has he has looked really good uh, in the spring. And I thought he had a really good uh, scrimmage that we saw the other day. And uh, of course, he had that interception. Uh, and ran it back for a touchdown that I thought was a really athletic play. But I guess really Texas, Tech, te- Texas Tech, he had eight tackles mm-hmm. in that ball game. So he's going to come up, he's going to hit you. And then the coverage skills are pretty good too. So, yeah, I, this this guy looks like a steal for Mississippi State. One of those, just like you mentioned, one of those guys that that Mississippi State fans are are clamoring for late in the process as a as a reason to not focus on the stars. But he's going to be he, – he should be one of those that slip through the cracks uh, for the Bulldogs. And, you know, really athletic and has really good size, 6'3", probably the biggest safety that they have uh, right now, with exception maybe of Dylan Lawrence. Uh, but, yeah, he's looked really good. Jalen Green is a guy, you know, I think people last year maybe got caught up in the – you know, he was a, four, a five-star player when he, when he went to Texas. I thought he was pretty solid last year. Yeah, did he make some mistakes? Sure. Sure he did, but I thought overall he was he was a really good player. I, and getting him back for another season, I think, was a big boost uh, for Mississippi State. Preston is a guy I like. I feel like he plays hard. He had I, that terrible bowl game two years ago was, was sort of a uh, you know the the one negative in his career. But I like I like that he plays hard. I like that he you know I don't worry about effort with him. Is he the most talented guy? No, but I, I feel like you know he can be a leader out there. Colin Duncan is, is, is so up and down for me. There are some games where you watch him and you're like, that guy could play in the NFL. And there are some games where you watch him and you're like, what's he doing out there? I feel like he gets victimized the most by Arnett's decisions to blitz sometimes. <laughs> and he's the one who ends up in, in one-on-one coverage with guys like Devontae Smith and, 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 uh, and the other top receivers in the league. But when he's playing safety and he's not being asked to go man-on-man with these, these elite wide receivers, I think he's a very solid player. And then Matthews was a guy in the scrimmage. He looked okay. He had a solid career at West Virginia. 
the, the top five guys that we're talking about here, you've got SEC players in there, guys who can play at other schools in this conference. It's just, you know, you've got to start three of them. You've only got two that you feel good about the backups. State's got to find another guy, which is why I say they're probably going to end up going into the portal. Yeah, and the future looks kind of scary mm-hmm. here. Jalen Green, Jackie Matthews, Sean Preston, and Colin Duncan, who are probably you know four of your top five safeties, are all seniors. And then you have, what, two, two scholarship guys left? Mm-hmm. I mean, if they have some guys coming in that are freshmen – but man, I mean they're they're gonna have to they're gonna have to move one of those cornerbacks. I think I feel like like a cornerback, like I don't know, like Carlos Nicholson or something. Yeah, because I, I just I don't I don't think that that's sustainable. Yeah, well that's what you're missing a guy like you're missing J, uh, MJ Daniels. He'd be yeah. back there. Um, yeah, you know, could very well still be back there at some point. Yeah, you're right. You, you're right. Honestly, a guy like Kamari Rogers. If you had signed him, you could you could very easily talk about moving to Carlos Nicholson or or the Cameron Richardson or somebody to corner because you'd have. I mean, you, you remember those days when everybody was like, every cornerback that we take is going to safety. Yeah. Now you, it needs to be turned around. The guys that are like borderline cornerback, they probably need to be going to safety. Yeah. I mean, they moved uh, William Hardrick. He must not be doing anything at defensive back. They moved him to wide receiver. Yeah, exactly. They they, they 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 were like, despite the need at safety, they were like, no, we got to get him off defense. So, I mean, and maybe he becomes a playmaker at the wide receiver position. I don't know, but it, that seems unlikely. Well, it was, and he was listed as a cornerback, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, he might not have been able to play safety. but I had the physicality to do it. I don't know. But yeah, he's, he's kind of small. They will go out. Into the, and here's the thing about the secondary is there's a lot of guys in the portal that are talented. So they're gonna, they'll be able to find a guy. If they if they can they can get somebody on campus and, and get them recruited, there's plenty of guys to choose from there though from Mississippi State. Uh, before we get out of here, let's talk a little women's basketball. Um, if you're listening to Sports Talk, if you listened to Sports Talk Mississippi on Wednesday, we talked to Coach Sam Purcell. As we're recording this, we haven't done that show yet, so I don't know what we're going to what he's going to say there. Um, but looking forward to that conversation. You spoke with him as well uh, earlier this week, and then yesterday as you were at a had predicted or sourced out or whatever, uh, Mississippi State gets its first uh, recruit of the Sam Purcell era. What is recruiting going to look like under this guy? And tell us a little bit about Courtney Weber, the transfer from Florida State. In this class especially, I think it's going to be heavy transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that's – I think a lot of the focus is going to be around the transfer portal moving forward. I think that they're going to put a lot of focus on players in the state that are, you know, you can't – skip over like a Madison Booker next year from Germantown and people like that and in the surrounding areas and uh you know Alabama and Florida they have connections down there <clears throat> but I think that the transfer portal is going to be heavily utilized by both coaches in Mississippi State I think Purcell and Jans are both going to rely heavily on that and this particular team is going to bring in five, four or five transfer players, I think. Um, and one of them is already there and, and Courtney Weber, who you know, we, we were we were talking about her yesterday, you and I. It was so weird to see 
what she did her junior year and what happened last year. Yeah. And I think Purcell, this is just me guessing, I think he is hoping that he gets her junior year production. She averaged around 12 points. She shot 40% from three-point range, uh, was very good from the free throw line, very good shooter overall. And then she comes out last year. She's not starting anymore. She's averaging three points per game. She was seven of her 48 from three-point range. It was just really strange. And that could have been an, an injury, a nagging injury. It could have been a falling out with the coach. She could have got passed up by somebody. Um, it could have been anything. And you're just hoping that maybe that year was kind of an anomaly for her and her junior season will be what you get this year. Um, but very talented. She was the player of the year in the, in the state of Louisiana coming out of high school. She was Gatorade player of the year in Miss Basketball. She was a five-star recruit. Um, and she's had a solid career at Florida State. You just hope that what you're getting is what they got a couple of years ago. Um, but I think she'll add a, a good piece to this team. And you have other pieces that you can add. I mean, you're not you're not putting all your eggs in this basket with Courtney because I think there's plenty of guards that are going to help you next year. But she could be a big hit for Sam Purcell too. You've, uh, you know, obviously Maya Taylor out from Mississippi State. She's headed to the transfer portal, and, and I'm not sure where she's going to end up just yet. But the other big piece that, that State fans are looking at, could, could she stay, could she go, is Jessica Carter. And in recent days, you've said you think she's leaning towards staying at Mississippi State. Yes, I think as of today, which she's got uh, to the 1st of May to change her mind or whatever, but I'm – I'm pretty confident that she's going to stay with Mississippi State. I think I think everything has been uh, worked out there, and I think that she's going to be a big piece of what they want to do. Um, it's an easy sell. You are the starting center. You are the centerpiece of this offense and defense. You're the centerpiece of this team. You're a fifth-year senior. You are 6'4". You're an all-conference player. We don't have anybody like you on this roster. Uh, we need – you playing at your best for us to be at our best. So I think it was an easy sell for Sam Purcell. And right now, um, I think that she's on board. And that that's going to be a huge addition for Mississippi State because you have these offensive pieces that I think are really good, Anastasia Hayes and Ja'Kayla Jordan and players like that. But you haven't had that true big that can score anytime, just about any time she gets the ball in the post deep under the goal. Charlotte Cole gave you some great minutes last year, but Charlotte is not – in the same area as Jessica. Jessica's a different type of player, and I think she can really help Mississippi State next year. I, I Obviously, I don't follow women's basketball as closely as you do. With, with Louisville and what they did, was that a, an offense that featured a post player like Jessica Carter? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and, and they they kind of – they were hit, a, hit or miss on having players like that, but they are they were always a big physical team. They might have – uh, a center that's 6'2", but their guards were big and physical. they get in your face. They could get to the to the rim, and they could rebound. They, they've always featured a bigger lineup. They're, they're not a team that's going to come out there and small ball you or anything like that. So that's what Purcell's going to want, too. And I don't think he's going to necessarily have to have a 6'4", 6'5", player every year. You can have a 6'1", or 6'2", big that can be just as effective in the post. Um, you know, I think Danae Carter is probably going to be a three or four in this offense, but a player of that caliber 
that is going to fight you down there and just out outwork you is just as good as somebody that's six six that's gonna be outworked. So I think the really what you're looking for is somebody with toughness down there. And I think that's what Sam Purcell is going to be searching for in the portal, which I, I wouldn't be shocked to see one of his former players um, come to Starville either. And Romani Parker, who is um, in the transfer portal, I think she is pro- she could be next for Mississippi State. We shall see. We shall see. All right. Uh, tomorrow, Friday show, you know what that means. We'll be previewing the uh, series. And we'll also talk a little bit about what to expect to see from MSU's, and I say, quote, spring game. Uh, this this coming weekend, what you why would we be? Why are we previewing the series the day of the game? Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that either. And so, you even mentioned on this show that's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm just I'm so set in my ways, man. I'm just used to, so we'll recap game one. So I guess we have no playmakers or predictions. Let's do a quick prediction. I think State I'm gonna say two, two I'm, out of three. You think they lose two out of three? I think they win two out of three. All right. We'll see what happens. All right, guys, back with you tomorrow. Like I said, we'll recap uh, game one, and we'll uh, we'll have a few other things. We will preview the uh, the spring game. So. All right, guys, have a good one. Talk to you later. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Light on Super Talk. Talk Mississippi Media Production.